Welcome to the second series of the Firefly Creatrix podcast. I'm so happy to be back. In the first series, I journeyed through themes connected to personal experiences on my creative path, which revealed wisdom that has been right under my nose all along. It's already unlocked another layer of freedom within my creative approach and expression. If you want, you can go back and listen if you haven't already. This series, delving deeper into this theme, I'm talking to incredible people that I've met in different areas of my life, talking about their experiences of reclaiming their wild creativity. I'm so excited. Let's jump right in. Okay, so welcome to this episode of the Firefly Creatrix podcast. We are launching this on the full moon, so it feels perfect to be exploring how we give ourselves permission to shine in the world. Um, And today to do that, I'm joined by Laura, who I actually have known of and have received things from since like 2018, I think, 2019. We were introduced by a friend, a mutual friend, Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so I I'm just so excited to hear Laura's journey through using calligraphy, using uh, incredibly handcrafted type. Uh, into into how that's kind of helped her to express herself fully and meet herself where she is and all of those kind of conversations that we talk around on this podcast so welcome Laura thank you so much for being here thank you so much Sophie it's a pleasure and uh honor amazing and yeah I'd love it if you just share a little bit I've just watched your video um, recently uh, doing my research on your website which is super useful so I will link that as well but if you want to just give us an introduction to you and who you are yeah so uh, I'm Laura I'm a calligraphy teacher and creative mindset coach um I am a mum of two boys so they're nine and seven now and uh where we live in West London with my husband, um, who's a bodybuilder. I always like to throw that in because it's something entirely different to anything else that's really going on in my life. But (laughs) everyone goes, oh, interesting. Um, But uh, yeah, so so that's that's me in a nutshell in terms of what I do. Mm, I love that. I love that. Like I love the little random facts. (laughs) Um, and yeah, that's so that's how kind of how I met you is because I was living in Shepherd's Bush around that time, around yeah, end of end of the 2010s. Mm. Um, and I actually received the first thing I received that you have created was the T-shirt that was a kind of the yogic um, yogic yeah. position made out of one single line. So kind of based and inspired by calligraphy, um, which I thought was really beautiful. So, yeah, how how did you get into calligraphy how did that happen so it was probably just before the t-shirt came about um so I was working at the Royal Albert Hall so um live music uh, and, and events in the main auditorium so producing those shows so quite high profile uh building and big big events going on and I just had my second son and I'd returned to full-time work there and started to struggle with anxiety and stress, which I guess I, you know, had bubbled around a little bit as I was growing up, and I didn't really know that much about it. But then I was signed off work. And when I was signed off work, that was the sort of catalyst that 
led me on a little bit of a, a journey of discovery in terms of my own sort of tools, techniques, way to um, sort of calm my mind, ease some of that stress and anxiety. Um, and using things like mindfulness and meditation was huge for me, but also discovering my creative side as well. And alongside that, I became really fascinated by the world of mental health and well-being, um, whether that was with friends and family and talking more with everybody and um, noticing that people weren't talking about it. It was so off my radar, although it was the early days, I'd say, of the kind of wave of well-being breaking through in workplaces um it was only just starting to kind of arrive on my radar um and so became really passionate about that and and bringing more of it through the organization uh whether that was setting up a committee doing zen for 10 sessions at lunchtime um launching a uk national arts well-being collective where arts organizations could talk to each other so there was all of that going on and I think I became very passionate about how to access these things and how to share more of it because it wasn't being talked about and it wasn't um it was it didn't feel like enough and people were sort of you know not feeling able to talk about it or find the things that might help them alongside what what did exist through you know, going to your doctor, reaching out to charities and places. So, um, yes, and actually, funnily enough, it was Sarah who had suggested um, I do something creative. She was the one who identified that I had my work life, I had my home life, and there was a sort of leg of the tripod missing, which was what was I doing? What was what do I need um, to be me? And a big part of that was missing um and it led me to a calligraphy class which at the time was a lovely thing to do and um eased me into something a bit different I was I remember being quite um um sort of nervous about really sort of leaving the house it was across the other side of London um I got over there I sat in a room of people I didn't know um but it was the best sort of tonic because I was just sat facing a sheet of paper you know I could talk to people if I wanted to I could ask questions if I needed to but really it was just me the pen the paper and being explorative playing with the ink understanding how to slow down how to breathe I think that's literally all the teacher said to me slow down and throughout the whole entire session so um Ironically, that's now what I do to people. I just stand there in, in workshops telling people to slow down. Um, so yeah, it it was it was the beginning of something that then formed a sort of sanctuary in my evening. So I, I it was a lovely thing to do. And because I had the kit to take home with me, once I got the kids to bed, there was this sort of mindset shift of, oh, I've only got two hours before I go to bed. Great. That's that's my you know day over. Uh, to oh my gosh I've got two whole hours to do calligraphy to do something creative to see what happens and it was the nice thing was it wasn't there was nothing expectant there was no one waiting for me to produce anything it was just me enjoying those evenings and my husband would be at work personal training and so those evenings 
became my downtime and allowed me to incorporate sort of calligraphy into my life and expand um, on my sort of well-being toolkit, I guess, is what I talk about it being now. I don't know if that describes how I got, does that describe how I got in? And then further down the line, I became a calligraphy teacher. (laughs) Yes. But I mean, there just, there was so much in that answer that I'm just like little doing little celebratory like dances (laughs) inside just, and so many questions and so many kind of incredible points there around, you know, mental health and the benefits of creativity and carving out our own space and all of these things that, you know, you share in your story that kind of happened incrementally over time. Mm. And I think that last point you made about it not having any pressure on it is so integral to 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 all of it, to how we kind of fall back in love with our lives again and find those little things that make us sing inside. Um, and I love that it, in, well, obviously I'm sure it was not comfortable at the time, but that the fact that you went back to work and you could see things in a different way after having your children allowed that kind of level of questioning to come in um yeah it's like a different lens I think uh and you know I think when you do experience something that knocks your mental health there's a you know you don't realize the clouds that have gathered um so although I'd gone back to work a few months later it wasn't necessarily that I was sort of you know in a um blue sky sun shining place but I was able like my perspective had changed and I was hearing so much more it was like I'd gained sort of a really loud speaker system and everybody was saying the same thing and lots of people were talking about being overworked and I think my it just enhanced what I was becoming aware of I guess um so yeah in a weird way incredibly grateful to have experienced it and on that level the the sort of everyday anxiety and stress which builds and builds isn't I've I've not experienced it on that level since but I think I'm aware of having journeyed through something so maybe that is enabling me to find those tools and things that can support it when it does arise I guess yeah and that, I mean I mean yeah I resonate with that a lot that fact of of looking back over a kind of creative uh, career I don't know what the right word is not even career just creative journey through our lives and then you can pick back and be like oh yeah actually when I'm when I'm for me at the moment it's like if I'm if I know that if I'm not drawing then there's something a little bit amiss like yeah I I know that there's something that's not there's a little bit out of alignment and I need to kind of look into it so it's yeah. that thing of now we've now you've got kind of gauges or things to, like little markers in the sand to be like okay there's a little bit of an alarm bell ringing here let's just have a look in and just check in what's going on yeah Whereas, like you say when you're on autopilot and what it's just work work family life home holding all the things together you're mm-hmm. not you're not in that frame of mind of of looking at those little signs totally yeah so, so from from that so from work so you yeah. must have kind of got known at work for being eventually I'm sure over time it, you know get known known for being this sort of advocate for creativity and for mental health awareness yeah yeah definitely and and really 
was encouraged to to be that person I think um I was also known as the ideas person I think I always have been you know constantly coming up with new ideas and solutions why have you thought of this have you did this and never quite being having the confidence to be the the game changer you know to to put that into action I mean it may be filtered through but for this one I was so unbelievably passionate about it it was like I it was it was like an alarm bell going off like we need to do this this is why it's so obvious you know let's bring this together let's talk more openly it's not a I'm coming in to fix it or this person's coming in to fix it it's let's kickstart this journey and really explore what we're doing let's review what we're doing let's refresh what we're doing let's go on a bit of a journey that can roll over time and sort of begin to bring in more space I guess it didn't feel like there was space for well-being or mental health awareness it was you know that well-known leaflet on a notice board here's the number to call try not to talk about it in any other scenario and let's shatter that let's break that let's you know move on from that because that had its moment and now it's time to you know bring more of this to the forefront and allow people to to share and be and storytell and connect I guess I mean I think connection is Mm. high on my agenda and the only way you can really do that is by understanding another person yeah and it's such a huge again a huge um tonic for this sort of mental health crisis especially post pandemic is that how do we authentically connect both with each with each other but also and also with ourselves and i i feel like what you talk about and the work that you do is all about that it's all about finding that connection with yourself and opportunities to meet meet like-minded and um you know people that are, are wanting to also break down some barriers and and <laughs> step into a new world Totally. And and actually, sometimes it's the people who don't know they need it that are most surprised by the benefits, I guess. I think in both, in both, um, uh, I think of them as two sort of parts, it's the well-being and the, the sort of creative, but they, you mm-hmm. know, even and out of each other. But in both senses, you know, talking about well-being and opening up those doors allowed more people to talk about it understand it reduce the stigma and all of that and then you've also got the people who are maybe the hidden creatives who don't feel creative or don't have the belief that they are or so being able to share that even on you know even at the very beginning one of the things I thought I'd do was um you know I used to write poetry a lot so I started writing poetry and I had my Instagram handle as the poetry mum and I'd put little poems out it was all very vulnerable and it was all kind of scary but no one was really looking you know I had a few followers and it was fine and what I found was by putting it out there people were starting to see who I was in a you know my barriers were down not that they were up necessarily but it allowed people to connect with me I guess uh, on a completely different level oh I didn't know you did poetry oh have you read this book have you read and suddenly all these people who like poetry (laughs) came into my circle and they were people that I'd known for ages and they didn't know that I'd so it's un 
unearthing all these things, I guess, and and allowing them to connect us as well. Yeah. And you mentioned on your website and in your in your communication about how things have kind of come full circle and now having like been inspired by coming back into the workplace, now you go into workplaces and kind of bring this opportunity for, for the employees and the people that work there to interact with your workshops. And that must feel, you know, how does that feel? <laughs> it's it's really, really interesting. I, I love doing these because it's very different to a public workshop. So a public workshop, someone goes online, they're probably looking for something, they buy the ticket, they've bought into it already they're they're going for that experience it's it's kind of on their agenda to do with workplaces it's very rarely employee initiated it's you know somebody Mm. has thought right let's bring this in um this will be a nice thing to do potentially it's a mindfulness thing perhaps it's part of a well-being thing perhaps it's a social event whatever form it fits um and you get people sort of arriving into the room or at the table and they've all got this slightly more awkward approach to it they don't really know what to expect they've they've sort of been maybe encouraged to go along um they've they're in a work mode usually so they're trying to switch off from whatever meeting call email they've just had and that is the really exciting bit watching people transition and I'm, I'm get really excited about things like transition and pressure and momentum and how what that means in creativity versus how we approach it in life but Mm. the transition and watching how people evolve throughout a session so even just at the beginning and easing them in and allowing them to slow down and talking them through what's in front of them because often they've no idea they're not even sure what calligraphy is they saw something about doing something a bit different or uh, doing something with their friends or their colleagues encourage them to come along with them because they don't want to go on their own. So you've got this sort of little pot of tension and slight excitement and then they can see that I'm not a scary person and I'm just introducing them to a pen, reminding them that pen and paper exist and <laughs> that they can be a bit playful and it sort of starts to lift you start to get people going oh just so you know my handwriting's awful oh just so you know um you know they're the creative one they do all the marketing or you know so all these little moments come out and you can see the connections in the group and you can see the ones who are being a bit more banterful the ones who are absolutely silent and possibly taking it either more seriously or or finding it more challenging or potentially just easing into it in their own way so yeah it's 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 a lovely it's a lovely thing to do and just so yeah out of interest how how do you explain calligraphy like how, in a few words if, if you were in there if you were talking to someone like that to a group of people like that that might not know what it is what how do you describe it now so I always introduce this as the art of beautiful writing mm-hmm. so we have lots and lots of different styles that exist and they have been born and evolved and influenced over time from all sorts of places around the world uh lots of different cultures 
lots of different moments in time that have needed different things from uh, people creating manuscripts to books to all sorts of things. And now we have signage and logos and lots of lovely things that you can do with calligraphy. Um, and one of the things that the styles that I teach most often is brush pen calligraphy. So it's a obviously quite a modern tool in terms of it's not an ink pot and uh, nib and ink uh, pointed pen calligraphy it's slightly different to that so it's got very similar techniques um, but what I love about it is you can carry it with you you can use it on the sofa maybe not I always say on the bus and then regret it instantly because I don't want to suggest people do calligraphy on the bus you'll get all sorts of wobbly lines but it's that sort of um, accessibility that I like about brush pen calligraphy particularly yes yes agree and I feel like that again in a world that you know wants you to consume and buy lots of things it's like actually there are such simple methods and that this is a perfect example of yes of course you can invest in amazing pens and brush brushes and all the rest of it and you can just do it with a simple biro and a piece of paper if that's all you've got yep pencil pencil yeah I, I love the, sh the look on people's faces when I say you can do this with pencil go, what? you know and you don't need the uh, you know I think one of the biggest sort of um restrictions I don't know if that's the right word but blocks into doing something creative is if someone said creativity to you what where does your mind go and for me it would go to painting easels uh I've got very big artistic family so a lot of it would go there sculpture you know clay mm -hmm. getting messy um you know doing unusual abstract pictures or you know and that's a very visual art but really creativity is is, is vast and expansive and really the key to everything is is where I'm going to go with it I agree <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one <laughs> and I liked uh, you mentioned it earlier but how when you're watching people transition out of work and yet and, and that's in itself is a creative process you know if we can if we can build up the love and the understanding for our own creative processes and everyone's is unique and and a little bit quirky and different then you can kind of start to have more self-respect and respect for those kind of transitions in in other parts of life which is equally as creative they just don't have a pencil or a pen or anything involved like that <laughs> Totally, totally. And, you know, those transition points are are really quite, um, uh, what's sort of... Expensive or... That's it. It's sort of, um, uh, it's got all the juicy stuff in it, but we, mm. you know, it's yes. got, it actually unlocks a huge amount of information um, when we stop to spend time in it you know as you said going from work to home and there was something that I read about when I was looking at well-being in the workplace and it was all about uh, um, actors who once they've come off stage perhaps they've been performing in a theatre night after night after night and they're you know they've been in a character in a role and it's not them it's not who they are and that performance element now has to mm de-roll out of them and they need to process that and as they travel home and for different people there's different things um but for 
a lot of them, there is this transition point between sort of coming off stage, being in the dressing room, maybe their cars arrived in the loading bay and they've got to get in the car and they're traveling home to wherever that is. Maybe it's an empty hotel room, maybe it's back to their family. And those moments can be either a moment of, I'm going to ruminate over everything that I did wrong. I'm going to worry about what's happening next. I've got to think about, you know, and it that gear shift can be a real shock if it's not sort of processed really gently. Um, mm. So I find that, yeah, I find that sort of little moment of mindset practice really interesting. And there's so many tools that you can do. And it's even that is a creative process in its own right, you know, exploring what you could do in those moments, whether it's breathing exercises, short mindful moments, maybe it's something physical movement, maybe Mm -hmm. it is, um, you know, dancing it out, singing it out, maybe it's um, doing something visual pen to paper and journaling. So lots of things that are at our fingertips, but it's often the speed at which or the momentum of which we're journeying through that skips those bits out and makes everything ever so slightly more challenging definitely definitely yeah okay so and coming back to you now that you've kind of created a business around this love of calligraphy is it is it still your creative magic like do you still get that sense of magic from it even though it's I don't want to say even though like it's but yeah as it's become a bigger part of your life and you're now sharing it with other people does it still bring you that sense of magic definitely and and the the business itself has has had its own journey and will continue to I think but when I started it was you know I wanted a little shop and I wanted to create my products and I wanted to do my zen Mm -hmm. yoga lady t-shirt and I wanted to uh, I thought you know I needed to do commissions a lot and that was where this would take me and actually out of everything the bits that I really love most is the meeting people the teaching people Mm -hmm. the sharing with people and I think maybe it's because I'm a Gemini that there's this slight maybe not obsession but this um exhilaration of sort of communicating with people finding ways to communicate with people trying to understand trying to unravel but on a sort of deeper level and I think it's it's unlocking that passion in those conversation and being able to propel other people in Mm -hmm. wherever they're going next whatever they want to do and finding these little creative tools not scary and actually incredibly useful um and things that they can take on as practices themselves so yeah definitely I think I think it's there's lots of different ways that you can take calligraphy you know the same with designing you know it's there's a world out there and they've explored logos and lots of different ways to do it but um I think yes using it as as a tool and as a skill something that you can feel a sense of achievement a sense of connection a sense of enjoyment is huge for me Mm, yeah I'm really hearing that that journey of maybe letting go of some of your original 
visions and um, expectations of what it would look like and also celebrating that you listened so intently to yourself and and you listened to what felt good and that was like you say the interaction with people and find you know finding those connections and building those connections and helping people to build those connections for themselves as well and I love that celebrate that Mm, definitely definitely and the creative I think I like variety I like being able to create new things um so being able to work with organizations and individuals whether it's creating a calligraphy party or bringing something into um a team to sort of enjoy together it's there's lots of ways that you can you can take it um so that's I think that's I think that's the thing the, the breakdown that I'm experiencing at the moment as well is is that just breaking out of whatever conditioning we had you know of that things have to be a certain way and that even if even if a certain way has served me for a certain amount of time it doesn't mean that that has that is the only way because like you say there are so many ways for our creativity to burst out of us and connect with other people and also with our own kind of desires and like fulfilled desires that we have Mm. moving forward um and I just I think that's so important and you mentioned there that you have a very or you have creative family and like lots of artists and and creators in your family so is there do you have particular member members of your family or particular memories from your childhood that kind of really told you that yes yes you can be a creative person and that's you know don't be apologetic about it uh, I've reflected on this quite a lot recently because actually I think I think it it offered me two things. There was this sense of being around an artistic lifestyle. I guess it was sort of it was just there. It existed around me and um a lot of critiquing all the time. So my grandparents were sculptors, painters carpenters um both my mum and dad are painters and silkscreen printers and art illustrators they you know it's a sort of plethora and they teach as well they teach it um so I guess there are all these sort of quite obvious things that were around me as I was growing up but sort of it was just not something I, I sort of struggled with it I got A's in everything artistic but it was a struggle it didn't feel comfortable it felt forced it felt um sort of I I struggled with the structure of right here's a project um deliver on this and you need to be thinking about this and this and this so there were briefs but they were sort of briefs that I knew I I felt like I couldn't quite meet every single time (laughs) you know the the um the book wasn't enough the the study behind it wasn't enough and it always felt like hard work rather than in enjoying the process of doing art um and maybe it was just it was just not the the time and it was just needed to bed in and be there but um I think yeah I think being being a girl being the youngest mm-hmm. uh I've got an older brother uh being emotional being excitable having this sort of unwavering sense of optimism optimism most days uh, was sort of jarred against that creative 
experience that I thought I was supposed to have or be or or do or you know it wasn't deep enough and I wasn't able to get deep enough so yeah I think I think it was there Mm -hmm. and it was but it wasn't sort of unleashed it was the sort of expected creativity rather than a sort of driven by me so I went and did archaeology at university instead (laughs) and um I thought I'm gonna I'm just gonna step away from this I'm not gonna do anything creative although actually quite a lot of creativity in archaeology um it followed me anyway um but yes it's it was there and I did music um so I played violin I did piano but I do remember there was one moment when we were walking around deciding what A-levels we were going to do. And I went straight, I was so excited. I went straight up to the music desk and the teacher was there. And I said, this is the one I want to do. And she said, oh, I don't think so. Um, Not probably recommended for you because the practical's there, but the theory isn't. And I just remember feeling, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Mm. And it was that immediate sense of rejection. but also probably crushed a side of my creativity that I wasn't expecting. So it was, it was quite a a surprise. I think that's um, maybe created somewhat of a mindset block (laughs) over the years of being able to, to do it and understand it and have the knowledge and the, you know, the imposter syndromes well and truly in there. Oh gosh. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes, I hear that. And yeah, what a shock, like you say, for that young version of you to be so like excited to get to that stand and to ask questions and just to have that have that block put very firmly, sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It was a discussion, it was a best not. <laughs> yeah. And that's so yeah, so disempowering. It takes it takes all of your um autonomy mm. pretty quickly having yeah having a creative family did did that put any I don't know I don't want to say pressure but also kind of expectation on say you were to be creative was there uh because because you are surrounded by creative people was there like a oh I, I must be as good as granddad or as good as mom yeah there was there was an expectation and it was always never quite there I think when you're it you've got people doing it to such a high standard um and you're not anywhere near that you know and and there's a there's there's it's so um it's such a critical space in terms of what people like what they don't like why you've done it you know people want the art is all about kind of understanding and working out what it means to you and what it means to them and it's very reflective and I think there was probably a real sense of vulnerability that I didn't enjoy about it Mm -hmm. so it was I didn't want to get things wrong I wanted to please people I wanted to find some way of getting it right and and I think when you've got you know you're being marked on something it's not just the family around you but it's the people at the school and your friends who see you as creative and when you don't hit that mark or something's not as good as the last bit you did or 
it's all very heavy I think mm -hmm. and I think it's yeah I think I think knowing I have neurodiverse traits as well makes me realize that there were things that I found harder and maybe reasons why I couldn't do or couldn't be or couldn't reach certain things and that then hindered that enjoyment of doing something creative I did all, you know I'm saying this as though it makes it sound like I didn't do anything creative I did do creative things and I wrote a huge amount of poetry but it was very much for me in solitude you know it was it wasn't about anybody seeing it mm -hmm. and, and I think that's why a lot of people do end up doing things quietly and not talking about it because it's exposed to judgment yeah, it's very vulnerable, isn't it? I mean, it's very, like you say, especially when you're showing about your poetry, it's very, art reveals something, you know, because it has to come from somewhere. It's come from some deep experience or pain or grief or sorrow or joy. And even even joy, which is coveted, is vulnerable because we're yeah. in these moments of complete openness. Um, yeah. So it's an open opening of a wound potentially and I think actually what I did discover though was the the power of vulnerability and and actually although looking back there was this sort of small girl experiencing all of this and feeling maybe not accepted or not you know or judged or you know the negativity was what I absorbed perhaps um there it wasn't until more recently and you know my experience with anxiety and stress and talking about it that that sort of raised me up and made me realize that opening up allows more people to see you hear you connect with you create with you um want to be closer to you want to understand and I don't think I ever felt I could be that vulnerable I never really processed processed it like that it was just you know this is making me feel smaller and smaller rather than now it's actually really exciting you know mm -hmm. there are these horrible things and horrible challenges and um painful experiences that, that we go through and not all of it needs to be shared and open and talked about but where it can be knowing that there's a power in that vulnerability I think has helped me sort of grow bigger I guess I keep visualizing myself as this, this small girl now being you know growing into who I am I guess yeah and and I think like you say vulnerability is such a big part of that um, and I and um, relating to your sharing about your men, about mental health and about anxiety and and I feel like going to things like therapy and, and unpacking all of that and and like you say understanding that vulnerability is actually part of the cure or you know cure yeah. <laughs> it's the journey to feeling better within yourself and therefore for me definitely that has reflected in my creativity I'm now less likely to sort of stand or hide behind I mean I've always created beautiful things but often they were hidden behind um 
a brief or someone else's desire or something that wanted to be created by someone else and I'd be like oh I can help with that and I can make it happen and now I love doing that still but I also love creating things that are are, are more vulnerable and are more kind of representative of who I am as a person and what I want to see in the world and all of those things which before was like oh but I'll just keep that for myself and keep it hidden and people then don't see and know you and see you in in as many ways as you can share or feel comfortable sharing you know and I think um it just shines a new light on different aspects that you're experiencing and going through and you're changing and your way of thinking and being and people people need to see it Mm -hmm. for them to feel safe and accepted and I think that's that's sort of what I found you know I always struggled with public speaking I didn't ever really want to talk in groups and things like that and actually finding a creative perspective and thinking about it differently and understanding that actually it's not it's not about me (laughs) in the nicest way it's everybody's waiting to receive information for themselves you know, mm-hmm. it's it's to improve, enhance, enjoy, um, and understand, and that's their only expectation. You know, it's it's everything else can come as you are. Mm. And it's what's coming back to me is something you said earlier, which was about you not being at, as a little girl, not being at the level of your family, and not being at that kind of artistic level. And I think that again is such a potential block for so many people because we just, especially with things like Instagram nowadays, you like flick on Instagram and you see these incredible artists, and mm. you don't maybe you, you're not obviously we're not conditioned to think about the journey that it's taken them to get there and how how many years and probably decades of experience they've had and how many failures along the way um and I and I think part of this vulnerability is about acknowledging that the journey is rocky (laughs) and rough and it's beautiful and it's mad and it's there's all sorts of things where you think like you said that things are going to look a certain way and then they look completely different and that's okay yep yep and I, I've been looking at sort of creative thinking and mindsets. And one of the things that's come up a few times is sort of the journey of creative thinking. And actually you go through a period because you're ultimately, in most cases, you're sort of problem solving, even if it is for art's sake or you're just sort mm-hmm. of doodling or whatever it is, there's a release, there's something that needs to be resolved. There's something that needs to be drawn. There's, um, you know, there's a slight purpose to it in whatever guise it takes, but there's often this moment where it's more uncomfortable. You know, there's this pocket where, okay, you've kind of got the question or the the thing that you want to do, the motivation to do it. And now it's about how can I get there? And that can take so many directions and so many iterations and so many um failures mistakes and all sorts of things and that could be in a short amount of time or it could be over years and so all of these things that are creating changing evolving there isn't really necessarily an end result to it but if you were doing something like a project or a piece of art there is this moment where you are 
you have traveled through something to produce an end an end yeah. result yeah but like you say this doesn't mean that it's a smooth journey to get there <laughs> but it makes it all the more beautiful when you get out the other yeah, side yeah and I think it's always with hindsight that you can see how integral each part of it was that if it had been a smooth journey it wouldn't it wouldn't have had the outcome that it has had and that knowing the deep inner knowing of like this is where I'm meant to be right now and you know who knows what's coming next but this is this is where I am meant to be um and along those lines so you I, I feel like now you're kind of unable to what well, you, you have this knowing that this is this is where you're meant to be and would you say that that kind of the permission or the the, the knowing that that was something that you needed to try did that come from from having your children or or the the mental health experience like was or is there another kind of turning point that told you this is something that is needed with the calligraphy yeah or just kind of like bringing bringing creativity more to the forefront within your life whether it be calligraphy or anything else I think I think it was something that I'd sort of packed away entirely for some time not sort of subconsciously and just hadn't unpacked you know I hadn't brought it with me to the next chapter in my life which was sort of ha- or certainly not knowingly I think I'm a big fan of feeling like actually every day you're doing something creative you're just often not paying attention to it but there it was it was operational everything was logistical and mm-hmm. you know it was all the fundamental things and got to the point where you've moved from maybe that sense of thriving to just surviving and feeling like you're just ticking boxes you know getting through each day and I think what had happened was obviously you know getting married moving home having children these are wonderful experiences for the most part but they are they carry with them huge amounts of stress mm-hmm. and when you're so thinking about you know careers and journeys and progression in work and relationships and friendships and all of that that you sort of pack into an enriching life it can feel heavy and hard work and actually when there's no processing of it when there's no release when there's no understanding of what's happening and it's it was life happening to me rather than Mm. me participating in it and I think that's how I felt so there was definitely um there was a moment where obviously I'd I'd gone back to work my son was only five months old so it felt very early and there was a lot of guilt around that and then there was going back full time you know I saw the kids maybe an hour and a half a day they were newborn practically and two and it, I felt like I couldn't be a mother. I couldn't quite be a wife. I wasn't quite ticking any box or any role that I had really bought into being at that point. And so I guess it was that moment of unearthing. I'm, I don't, re- I don't feel like I'm really existing in any purposeful way. Um, and purpose is a big, big one, but on top of that there were these spiraling news stories I think that probably was the clincher for me there was the Manchester arena bombings and working in a high profile you know music venue we had sudden security restrictions and training and all sorts of things so it was high anxiety inducing stuff and then the London Bridge attack and then Grenfell 
mm-hmm. which is around the corner from us. And I think it's it was it was a lot of triggers. Um, yeah, that that led to this moment of I don't know that this is something that I can cope with, and I'm not coping, and it's and I don't understand why. You know, you and I realised at that point that I'm not bulletproof and there are other things that I need to explore and try and break the mold of what I had become. It wasn't quite carrying the capacity of what I wanted to be doing. And um, so, yeah, in a, in a weird way, I'd almost say calligraphy found me because, you know, it was that little email in my inbox of suggesting to do something Um and me thinking, oh, God, no, I don't want to sign up to anything. But, oh, it's, you know, three months away. OK, I'll book it now. Otherwise, I won't do it. Um, and then I was sort of had something to look forward to, which I think is always a nice thing to to have on your radar, even if it's not something you're quite ready for. And then and then it 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 took me on that. that mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, just starting to unlock a different pace change of breathing sense of mindfulness that flow state which I think is something we don't have enough of in kind of day-to-day minute-to-minute hour-to-hour kind of life um or knowing how to access it I guess um and bringing more of that in Mm has given me lots of ways of coping now and opened up all sorts of um, new ways of seeing who I am, how to play my part in all the parts I want to play, um, whether it's being a mother, a sister, a friend, a wife, um, and and allows me to kind of slow slow down how I see others as well and reflect on how I can support them and understand them because it's not my way of thinking or my opinion that necessarily matters I'm more interested in knowing and hearing and connecting with somebody else yeah yeah I'm hearing that 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 kind of you know it's not one thing it's it's like a catalogue of things that kind of come together in this kind of wild cauldron yeah (laughs) storm yeah yeah like a tornado but like a very slow one it's it's like we said earlier about the clouds coming in you don't notice them coming in and then suddenly it's just it's just this telling there's something telling you that you've got to there's got to be a change Mm. and as you say the fact that calligraphy just happened to pop into your life at that point you know we can we can yeah I mean for me that's magic that's part of the magic is knowing knowing what to say yes to because if if it had been something that wasn't you in alignment you 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 wouldn't have I I just I feel like that's something that was meant to pop up at that moment you said yes and it it, you know it unfolded from there Mm. it gave me something and um and it was loud enough for me to take it with me I think yeah yeah uh, and so, yeah, with your children, is there any, I mean, I'm always curious about this, where, with with bringing up children in a way that kind of encourages them to be creative and yet doesn't do the kind of almost gaslighting thing of telling them that they're brilliant, regardless of what they create. 
there's mm. obviously a balance in there of not you know children create amazing amazingly weird things and <laughs> you don't know how to respond or wait. but um I just wonder if there's anything that you're doing consciously to sort of encourage them to to find their you know their unique magical creative output mm. so I think um as I as I do the work the work being you know both kind of career and personally uh I find it fascinating talking to them about it and um they might not but I find it very interesting because I share a lot of the things that I don't understand or I discovered something new or did you know about this and you know they're seven and nine and a lot of the time I'm slightly oblivious to their ages because their responses to things are so wonderful and so creative in their own way it's it's such a joy to have those conversations and again I bring it back to communication but um you know I want them to know that yes I I teach these things but I I'm not the all-seeing all-saying answer to everything um and the same being a parent I don't want them to feel like what my answer is is the only answer and that they're teaching me as much as I'm teaching them and it it can be a dialogue ultimately there's a parenting you know need to keep them safe and keep them you know growing and um and learning and exploring but there's no reason not to do that together so I think uh, I mean I think a lot of the things that I have been doing and they've been there from the you know the very beginning uh, I almost calligraphy was my third baby their younger sister Um, and (laughs) it's it was sort of has grown with them so they've seen me practicing they've seen me having a go they've seen me creating things for people or writing 150 names for a dinner party or um working on worksheets so they get all my worksheets that I've printed too many of or whatever and so both of them are quite interested in what I do in that sense and actually create you know calligraphy is something lovely that any yeah do as well um uh but we also play games and it's something that I want to bring more into because I'm quite aware that one of the sort of streams of maybe sort of energy um creativity and all of that is 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 play we and mm-hmm. when you're a parent and you know in in operation mode in right let's gather the children let's move everything forward day-to-day routines and making sure everyone's I say happy but you know supported and moving and you know okay enough to operate themselves um it's the play that is often missing and you know I have huge time anxiety and so leaving the house becomes incredibly stressful so I talk to them about the things that I struggle with that maybe somebody else doesn't struggle with and that in turn I guess that that vulnerability it comes back to but I'm not I don't want them to see me as this person who's just really stressed whenever they leave the house and maybe they wouldn't even notice that they'll just experience it and that is hard if they don't understand that I struggle with that bit 
as soon as I tell them that, as soon as they understand that, in in most cases, they support me and they mm-hmm. help me and they start to piece things together and their responsibility kind of steps up and they engage in a different way. And um, so I guess with it's the same with creativity. They, they do a lot at school. They've got a brilliantly creative school um, and both the boys have wonderfully creative minds um in very different ways one is fast and furious and the other is slow delicate and absolutely detailed and again it's it's lovely seeing their personalities come through in that creativity because I don't think we would see a visual version of their personality in any other way mm-hmm. uh you can see it in behavior you can see it in sort of verbally um and you know it's not necessarily about them being different but it's celebrating the way they are different and the way they work together and the things that they do when they do play together or create together they create books and one will do the writing because he's really fast and he can get all the words down one will do the illustrations because he's the better illustrator and you know and that is nice to see because creativity almost brings them together Mm. for the most part which is nice Mm, I love that yeah coming back to play I mean and just that permission to and that sort of child childish well childlike it's not even childish it's just child childlike ability to just create without boundaries without expectation of what it's going to be like and just knowing that I just need to create this it doesn't matter how like I just need to make this book my brother's going to help me and we're going to yeah we're going to do it burning desire to do it yeah yeah to get it out there and it's also in that uh, that cycle kind of goes back and forth I'd say in terms of sort of the imagination the books we read the stories that come through the stories that we tell the questions we ask um you know the the jokes we say the songs we sing it's all there it's all feeding this creative mindset and but if that's if those taps are turned off yeah for a long period of time it makes everything hard and I feel it and they definitely feel it when I feel it you know it's we're all struggling there's four different energies in this house five with the kitten and it's it's you know we've got to navigate around each other and with each other depending on what we need as a family and I think it's being able to be adaptable but also have that moment of focus and flow and mm-hmm. you know, give and take and all of those things is a creative process. It's all creating. It's from the moment we wake up, it's deciding what we're going to wear. It's thinking about what we're going to do today, you know, drawing the first thing you think of or, you know, yeah. as my youngest was doing on the way to school, asking what our superhero powers would be and what our superhero character name would be and what colours we'd be wearing, you know, and that was just, you know, that was all before 8.30 this morning. So you <laughs> <laughs> can pack a lot into the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when it's uninhibited and just free flowing and there's not like, oh, how, you know, all of the logistics about how I would create it and, who's going to sponsor me or, you know, all of that stuff that as adults we're worrying about or considering mm. that childlike uh, ability to overlook because they, you know, they don't need to know that. 
it's it's just straight into the good stuff into the real kind of crux of the idea or totally and it's releasing all sorts of wonderful hormones as you're walking Mm -hmm. along you know it could be pouring with rain you could have had a miserable start to the day you could have been really anxious getting out the house but you can bring that in and you can change that up and you can just release a little bit of that cortisol bring a bit of you know lovely endorphins serotonin all the lovely stuff that we want buzzing around us and you can do it yourself and you can do it with a you know with others Mm. and you can generate it together I love the idea that you're talking around is is that thing of that the whole day is a creation which it is definitely from my point of view as well and also that by kind of including children in those conversations in that in that narrative and and including them in what makes us as adults feel uncomfortable or anxious or just a little bit unsure how to navigate you're showing you obviously you're role modeling to them that that's okay that that they can do that and also that by choosing to be creative or to you know to create whatever comes into their minds it's there's a sense of I guess what came through was just this sense of autonomy and that there will be moments where you'll need to just be like mum I'm just making this right now don't bother me like leave me alone yeah <laughs> and that's part of being an adult as well is that we need to know when to say to people actually no this is not a good moment I need yeah. my space to do xyz I've got to finish this and I think as a, for me as an adult as a people pleaser as a someone recovering from being a good girl that's something that I'm now relearning how to do is to set those stronger boundaries and so I just love that idea of different ways of bringing that in as you know as people that are influencing children definitely and we have um there's uh lots of obviously amazing um books out there and all sorts of things but we uh I've become probably slightly obsessed with getting journals for the boys so there's like mindfulness journals and all sorts of things and um and actually although it's there's you know obviously it's my um expectation for them to do it I want them to have it as a an optional thing you know Mm -hmm. it's a lovely thing to go and lie in your bed and answer these questions and they I say that because I see that um if they didn't want to do it that's also okay but I think it's giving them the opportunities we're in a two-bed flat we haven't got floors of rooms that you can hide in or space that you can access immediately you know that really tucks you away from everybody so finding ways to do that with your mind allowing you to access the space through a sort of mental and emotional capacity I think is what what I enjoy doing and don't get me wrong, I think it also sounds like I'm an excellent parent. I'm also, <laughs> you know, if you were asking me to bake or cook with my children, it would be an absolute no, because I can't deal with that pressure. But I know lots of parents who are fantastic at like, let's go and make a cake. Let's go and do this. So there's loads of activities out there that you could do with your children. And it's finding the ones that bring you joy that resonates and has that ripple effect with them. Because if you're having fun, it it usually means that they'll enjoy it as well. So I think, you know, if it is having a kitchen disco or doing something that allows you to be not 
instructional all the time I think that's the slippery slope that I can get into it's that right put your shoes on I've said it a hundred times come on now do you you know I'm getting worked up and worked up you know we have a we have a number system where (laughs) which is their initiation actually so one of the things we talked about when we have our you know and they come up you know meltdowns someone's blown up someone's had started shouting doors have slammed whatever and you know this anger and these are all emotions that are allowed to be here and it's it's a journey for me to understand how to respond to them Mm -hmm. and it's an even bigger journey for us to work out how to move on from them constructively together and one of the biggest things that brings me joy and it's probably not a good thing to get into a habit of because I sort of I'm I get really stressed out when it's a meltdown but I know that there's a moment afterwards where we're going to sit down and come together and we're going to nail this because the boys suddenly go into this very mature very sort of emotionally intelligent moment where I go right talk to me tell me what what where can we go with this sometimes that's the wrong time and it all blows up in my face again other times it's okay I didn't feel you listened to me you told us to turn our iPads off and we didn't like it and I said okay so what do we do what can I say that's different and it was one thing it was like can you say time's up Mm. of course I can that's absolutely fine I can say time's up I can use a different word to to deal in that scenario and and for me that was such an you know not a thing that I would ever think you know I thought it was something huge that needed to change or something about you know when we do it or allowing them more to do more things and it was just the way that I'd said something that actually for them if you say can you say time's up rather than switch it off you know it was like well that's but we wouldn't have discovered that if we hadn't just sat down and had an open conversation about it and and I guess it's unlocking that mindset to allow that sort of creative yeah process to say actually it's just this that we need to it doesn't need to be huge and complicated it could just be really simple yeah sometimes the solution is just yeah like you say so simple and it's maybe right in front of our faces and it just takes yeah someone but also just to just like kudos for the children knowing that they can say what they that they can say that you know that's such an also a huge thing and in this day and age but also from where we've come from from our generations and generations before us where children didn't feel able to say what they needed or what they wanted and they wouldn't have even known because they just didn't think it <laughs> um, yeah yeah so the fact that they're able to say that mom we want you to say time's up instead of switch it off that's that's huge that's it's such huge. a generational yeah. shift you know thanks to all the hundreds of videos you know Instagram things that I've spent hours watching and it's interesting that you do absorb a lot of this probably yeah (laughs) and we realize and and you know there are those tools out there and but putting them into practice is the hardest but most rewarding thing when it works I think yes it's an it's got to be well we have to embody it but the embodiment is yeah it's going against ourselves kind of genetic want to follow its follow the path that it knows and we're like no you've got to try a different thing yeah <laughs> outside of my comfort zone yeah or yeah breaking that habit of re- reacting and yes. and 
that transition point of okay I'm going to respond but I've got now I'm aware that I'm going to respond I'm going to take this course of action and see how that goes it might not work it's not the be all and end all I've got seven other options after this if that doesn't work and yeah Mm -hmm. it's working with myself I think more than anything but and then what 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 is sort of bringing to mind is some of the videos that you share on Instagram and on on your website of these kind of words that beautifully like appear from the pen and like you say they're not you can't write that quickly you can't do it you can't do it super super fast it's not like a rush 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 job it's that kind of and it's why it's perfect for mindfulness and bringing in breathing and things like that but that thing of again that's an embodied practice to sit with a pen and a paper and create words over and over again if if that's what you want to do and and yeah I just really see that or or in what you're sharing now with about the stories of your children it's like those things do get into into our systems and and they therefore then affect other ways that we interact with the world yeah it's a practice you know it's we there's so many analogies that come to my mind with things like you know if it's a new skill that you want to learn you tend to need to take the time to learn it you know it's it's like walking into a gym and expecting to lift the heaviest weight and it takes time and that muscle memory and that perseverance and that belief and but also allowing it to be whatever it's going to be so and I look back at some of my old calligraphy and and sort of I think oh that was Mm -hmm. such a long time ago and such a you know my my calligraphy journey was so young and innocent and and you know perfectly imperfect and (laughs) you know it's cringing to some point but it really shows me how far I've come and we don't stop to notice that so definitely putting into practice those those small habits of change or whatever it might be but if it's a creative activity I think it's enjoying it as you go and having noticing the pressure so with calligraphy there's like four or five things that I'm always talking about which are so sort of relatable in life and you know with the brush pen it's about putting the pressure on and off and having the contrast between the thicks and the thins on the letters and you need that contrast you know that's Mm -hmm. that's the sort of point of the style that I teach you need the contrast so you need the heavy and you need the light same in life you know it, it they're hand in hand you wouldn't notice the light if you didn't have the dark and so on and that's the same in terms of you know the transition that I mentioned and looking at those moments where you're trying to transition from a thin into a thick or from a thick stroke into a thin you know these is in this is in the detail but you're you can imagine on a piece of paper the focus that you're now drawing in and you're having to pay attention to slowing down as you create those transitions, releasing the pressure from the pen, your grip on the pen, you know, how you're trying to control it because your mind is going, I need to do this. I need to, you know, the 
and there's lots of information coming from Laura and I'm looking at the sheet and my pen, my hand is getting tighter and tighter as I try and control and the slower I go, the tighter it gets. And so releasing that grip allows you to make a much smoother stroke. And it's not until that awareness comes in to your mindset that you can begin to adopt those techniques and those those different creative um, sort of nuances for this style. And then, you know, you've got all these lovely shapes and strokes coming through and you're building them up and piecing them together. And that all is what the lovely thing is, it's all totally out of context. And you get lots of people going, it doesn't look like an F and it doesn't look like an S and it's not quite, you know, and it's lovely. And I know it doesn't, it, it's all discombobulated it's all over the place it's nothing nothing but then when you write that word or your name or the you know sentiment that you're creating suddenly it's all it's all come together and the the pleasure and that sense of achievement and that that sort of possibly slight relief that it, it does look like the word that you're trying to create is there and that's uh I think you know anybody who enjoys that sort of dopamine hit is it's a really nice moment where you've kind of gone oh there it is it hasn't taken me three months to to master something but if I keep doing this the practice that little thing that didn't quite work will look better that word that shape that size that spacing is all gonna kind of come together and I think that's a really nice moment at the end of a a workshop for beginners improvers it's it's really nice to see and feel that definitely definitely I love that analogy it, it feels so in line with the firefly creatrix is why I kind of called it this for the, the podcast name was that this idea that we're not always on like the firefly she's not always shining she turns her light off and she takes the pressure off and she lies down I mean my in my <laughs> my mythical firefly that has a little sleep when she turns her light off yes, but it's that yes. concept of like why or you know how can how can our true creativity flow in this world where we're meant to be on all the time and we're meant to be like that like you say that hard pressure that holding the pen so tight and in control of everything in every moment because that's what we're taught to be and yet creativity doesn't work that way you need to release that pressure you need to hold the pen more gently you need to rest you need to have those down moments and those failures so that then you'll know what it feels like to kind of rise and to shine and to be the best version of yourself yep yeah and there's an it's ingredients all sorts of lovely ingredients going into this and I think you know another thing is just that you know the lifting between as you're creating the letters which is so easy not to do because you've you're having to unlearn handwriting almost right totally using a different side of your brain so it doesn't stop you know I get a lot of people saying my handwriting is awful are you going to make it better and I have to say no (laughs) my handwriting is equally awful but calligraphy is a completely different creative um sort of written word activity and and I think it's it's just it's all about piecing each stroke and shape together and I try and put it together with like a explaining that maybe you're creating a patchwork quilt and each of those need to be sewn together or you're baking a cake you don't just shove everything in a pot and shove it in the oven you're putting it together very slowly consciously maybe not very slowly you know you do need to slow down but it's the 
the kind of intentional progress that you're creating of building these little things yeah it is it's I like that the ingredients Mm. oh and so yeah maybe maybe from that it might be might be connected but as we're releasing this episode on the full moon is is there kind of a piece of advice you might have for someone who is maybe starting out on a on a more heart-led creative journey rather than something that's been stipulated or suggested to them and they're kind of looking for that that just that little bit of something that helps them to realize their own shine rather than someone else's yeah and I think it's doing it for doing it for yourself to begin with everybody else can sort of come later but I think exploring what feels good so if it is grabbing a pencil and writing words thoughts whatever it is and just unlocking a little bit of that sort of mind fuzz um start there because that's I think anything that leads you into something feeling creative or leads you into that creative space is is going to take you there easily than going so a lot of the people who join my workshops they're like oh you know I haven't done anything creative for ages. I haven't done anything since school or maybe they've done a workshop, but I haven't practiced. And this expectation that they've got on themselves um, is, is pressure, is a pressure that, you know, it suddenly the enjoyment of, of doing something isn't there. So I think, um, you know, I always say to them, A, A, make it convenient. You're not going to do anything if you're pens are stuck in a drawer and I I guarantee you somebody listening to this has got a set of calligraphy pens Mm. in a cupboard somewhere that someone bought them at some point and uh, they've always wanted to get out and they haven't quite done it or perhaps they've had a go um, and put them back in that drawer or cupboard but it's it's putting them somewhere where it's is visual I think certainly for me it's sort of that object permanence is as soon as it's not there I'm I'm not thinking about it and so whether it is yeah writing something I also think just doing something really playful so you could do uh, there's lovely exercises kind of creative mindset exercises like doing scribbles and then creating them into birds and you know shape shifters where you just take ordinary shapes and you start uh, creating them into different things so you're starting to play think in a playful way and I think get messy if you want to if you're sort of person who naturally enjoys being messy perhaps you really enjoy doing something outside you know do something creative with sticks and patterns and stones and in the sand if you're going on holiday Mm. start to use what is naturally around you and just sort of allow the journey to unfold because I think inevitably um you move on naturally to the next yeah next one it's like reading a chapter of a good book you're sort of like okay I'll just get I'll just read one chapter and then you're sort of seven chapters in or I'll just you know I'm going to journal for a minute and write you know as as much as I can and inevitably you'll be like oh I just want to finish this sentence or actually I've got a few more thoughts to come because it's that release it's that unlocking and I think anything that gives you that as a as an introduction to something is 
is going to open up more so you can continue that journey so yes um I think with calligraphy definitely having something in front of you obviously sort of nearby um making looking at sort of the times when you're most creative as well in in terms of energy um setting aside if it is a full moon or or a new moon I think is always a lovely sort of ritual to bring in and that's every two weeks right so you're going to be coming you know getting that regular practice if you can anchor it onto something even better um so my anchoring was the evenings that I had it could be that mornings are really lovely for you you've got that moment where you have a sit down and have a coffee or before you go out the door um I also think not making it challenging so obviously smaller exercises are lovely but even just writing the day of the week so if it's calligraphy that you're interested in getting into rather than going right I've got to write a card for someone <laughs> and you've got to go right I've got to think of how to put their name here happy birthday that's quite overwhelming if you've not done much before um so breaking it down days of the week is a lovely thing to do because you're repeating the word day mm-hmm. so every every time you're doing it you're accessing those that the sort of muscle memory so it could just be at the beginning of your notepad every day lovely exercise to do on its own whether you do calligraphy or not you know and just mapping out what the day might look like feel like an intention affirmation anything like that that doesn't all have to be in calligraphy but the day of the week could just be that little dose of having a go practicing getting a shape being playful and seeing how it works yeah I love all of these so yeah doing things doing it for you something that you love that makes you feel really good which I think you embody massively I can tell that like you like live and breathe calligraphy like it just (laughs) is your thing so yeah something that you love something that is not unobtainable (laughs) something that feels accessible and just like you say anchoring it to part of your day that feels nourishing and also just fits fits in um with what you do anyway rather than it being an extra thing to add to a to-do list which we none of us need another thing to add to a to-do list (laughs) we're done with the to-dos thank you so much Laura for coming and for being on this podcast it's been absolutely amazing and I love this connection I think it's such an important thing to keep talking about and I know you will the connection between mindful creativity and mental health like this kind of rise in awareness that we're experiencing and just keeping the conversation going so that more and more people know that they can find safe spaces that they can open up and also find practices that just nourish them and and help them to know that part of the creative journey is vulnerable and part of like you know undoing the conditioning of our society is vulnerable um and one one kind of supports the other and vice versa 100 percent you've 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 wrapped up the whole conversation perfectly a bow I love it (laughs) can you tell us where we can find you and what and you what you offer I'll put it in the show notes as well but yes so I um I live on Instagram I'm often found there either Mm -hmm. lurking or posting or storying um so come and say hello to me at Laura Letters Life um and I've got a website lauraletterslife.com um or drop me an email at hello at Laurenessa's life. I'm very, I don't know if I've got it across enough, but I'd like talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we want to hear from you if you've got any questions <laughs> or any suggestions yeah. or inquiries. 
But yeah, I don't know if we t- talked about that at the beginning, but I love your name, Laura Letter's Life. It's such such a beautiful alliteration and again, sums it up. It's that connection, the letters and the life. And yeah, it's got it all in there. It's got it all in there. Love it. <laughs> Let's um, create more joy in the world. Yeah, I just think there's, there's such, such, um, such synchronicity between what a lot of people that I know are are experiencing with this kind of rewilding process of kind of coming coming back to what is our individual unique creativity but ironically as you do that you then create this web with people that are doing the same thing but in their own unique ways and because we're doing it in our unique ways the scarcity mindset is also gone so you're Mm. not trying to kind of be protective of your own way because you know that the other persons the other people in your network are not doing it in the same way so there can never be a conflict it's just uh let's all rise together and sort of support each other in this growth journey yes yes to that love it yes yeah. i know you mentioned in your video about um yeah collaboration and i feel like that's going to happen a lot more over the next few years is much much more of of you know cr- creative environments where multiple there's multiple kind of options and ways to kind of jump into creativity with different facilitators and things like that so I just I think there's a lot, agree, a lot of it was a big thing for me this year and um and already that's sort of manifesting itself it's 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 lovely being able to share and grow and create with others and and yeah it's it's great for people to experience the the outcomes of collaboration as well so agree amazing so watch this space Woo-hoo. bye Thank you for listening to our conversation today. Please do like and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss a future episode.